Join us at our annual conferences in London, Florida and Sydney to learn everything you need to know about ITAM in the cloud era. For more details, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review and I'm very pleased to welcome Charlotte Craven onto the podcast today. Um, I can't remember how we were introduced, Charlotte. Um, but you very kindly uh, reviewed my book for me that's coming out very soon and gave some awesome feedback about not only the book, but also your journey. And I was very keen to get you on the podcast uh, to, to, to dig into that a bit further. So uh, welcome, Charlotte. Thanks, Martin. Um, so could you tell me, first of all, how did you um, what, what's your you, you work in the education sector? Uh, how did yes, you, how did you get into that role? And, and how did you get into IT in the first place? Okay, so I started in IT way, way back as a support function um, running a admin team that looked after several directors in, the, in an IT department. Um, I was then promoted to manage um, the, well, not manage the CIO, sorry, support the CIO. And then um, I've been working... and um, so I'd been supporting him a while and then a role came up as the um, IT contracts and licensing manager in the department and somebody suggested I went for the job I didn't really know a lot about licensing um, and thought well when I looked down the list of requirements and skills I did kind of think you know good communication um, attention to detail for reading contracts I thought well you know Where's the harm? I'll apply for the job. And I got it. So that was in November 2015. Um, Probably by about June 2016, I probably thought I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. Um, However, I did kind of come through that (laughs) dark period and I am starting to enjoy it again. I think I did totally underestimate the amount of work that would be involved, just the amount of research I'd have to do and just how disorganized sometimes licensing can be. Um, I think I'm astounded by often, I think companies, you know, we spend an awful lot of money on software and yet it's something that seems to be overlooked. If we were spending that amount of money on anything else, I think it'd have much more focus, but everyone seems to assume that somebody else is kind of looking after the budget. So yeah, it, it took quite a while to get my head around the fact that as I said, it seems to be something that everyone else thinks somebody else is doing and nobody really takes accountability for. So, yeah, I was definitely overwhelmed. So what was it about, what made you leap from a, it sounds like you were in like an administrative or um, 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 back office role, helping, yeah, right. helping senior management team. What made you leap, made the leap into the, the this SAM role? What was it about the description that thought, yeah, I quite fancy that? 
I think it was certainly a new challenge. Um, I always liked learning to do new things. I think it seemed a job that was very delivery focused and being an admin function, you know, you're used to kind of things cropping up and every day being different. And I said, really, it was a new challenge. Um, I did do a bit of um, contractor recruitment as well. So I was used to working with recruitment agencies and, and having to learn a bit about contracts. So I did have a tiny bit of background, but nothing to do with licensing really. Um, so as I said, really, it was just something new, something different, something that I thought I could utilize the skills I'd gained from, from admin support. Um, and it, it just felt kind of time to move on really, time to, to do something different. And you describe this dark period where you think, oh my lord, what have I, what have I taken on here? Um, what, what, what's? Could you describe that? What, what brought that on, and 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 how did you get out of it? So what I found so challenging was just having access to the information I needed. We don't have a a tool in place. We don't have a SAM tool in place. So um, I'd inherited some kind of sketchy Excel spreadsheets from people that had been kind of managing some of our software licenses. Um, but I just found it kind of overwhelming. I, d I didn't know where to start and I had to actually kind of stand back a couple of times and think, okay, logically, where is this information? And just not having a centralized point where I could find out this stuff, it, it just felt like I was chasing my tail. And the simplest of questions, you know, people would drop into my desk and say, oh, have we got any of these licenses? And the amount of times I was thinking, I, I should know this by now, but how could I possibly have, you know, in a new role where there was no information? So gradually, you kind of build up the knowledge of where to find this. You know, you go on to things like SCCM, which, you know, I didn't even know existed, although I'd been in IT a long time not being what I would call kind of proper technical, um, you know, all these abbreviations and acronyms would be, you know, look at look at AD, look at SCCM, and it's like, what the hell are these things? So so gradually, it was a, it was a huge learning curve for me. Um, and I did do things like, you know, go to procurement and say, right, okay, where's the contract for this? Let me read through it and, you know, read through the entire history of, of purchases of software. I went to finance and said, right, okay, can you send me the last three years records of everything we've bought to do with software? And then of course you can kind of pick up where your biggest suppliers are. You know, immediately you kind of know where your focus has to be. You know where your priority has to be. You know, you can look at um, support and maintenance contracts and think, okay, well, if that one's expiring in, you know, 90 days or whatever, I, I need to get on to get an effective license position on this vendor pretty quickly so we can make a educated decision on, on what we do need to renew. I think the fact that this role was new to the organization, I didn't inherit anything, I was genuinely starting from scratch and it's it's quite overwhelming. So so where if you were talking to somebody who was doing your role again, uh, you know, starting yeah. from scratch, new to the role, no same in place, maybe a few spreadsheets. What would you what have you learned or what would you recommend to do first? Because you've 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 been through that dark period, uh, but you've you've come out the other side. What would you do this time? Okay, so I would definitely <laughs> don't panic first of all and realise that you know you can't be you can't possibly know everything immediately. Take a good few weeks to have a, a discovery period. I mean, things will crop up, of course, but but deal with them, but, but get a really good picture, as much data as you can. Go to procurement, you know, they, they will, they are your friends as are finance. Just try and get as much kind of data as you can of what you've bought previously. I mean, 
where I work, it's, it's quite a big company, so there is a lot of software. But as I said, first thing I would do is is get your records from finance to find out where you're spending the most money and focus on those. You know, focus on your Microsofts, your Oracles, your SAPs, the big guys where you spend the most money, focus on those and make sure you're in a good place with those. And then gradually you can work through the smaller vendors where you spend a bit less money. But really, you know, use the 80-20 rule. You will spend 80% of your money with 20% of vendors. So where you mentioned you go to procurement and you, you find out what you're spending the most on but some people don't even know that they don't even know what they're spending how did you find that how did you find what the, the company was spending okay so i'd recommend you go to finance or procurement and ask them for the last three years financial records on what the company has spent on software i think if you just use last year's sometimes one year may be a particularly different year or something like that but if you use three years you've got that kind of comparison if you look at the last three years where you spent the most money, what you can do is kind of pick up, a, you'll get a picture of where you are spending the most money and with which vendors. So they're the ones you can pick out and focus on. And, and my experience is you, when you dig out this stuff, uh, it's not typically itemized as software. It will be like, um, you know, we spent X with software one or with insight, you know, it doesn't actually say what you bought. It just says you bought it from that provider but at least it's a thread that you can start pulling and investigating, isn't it? It is a thread. I mean, even if you look down and, and just see, or, you know, anything over, I don't know, 100,000 or anything like that, you'll be able to pick out and see, focus on the big ones. Even things like, you know, software support. If, if you know that you've, you're spending a lot of money on software support, if you assume that support is 22% of the license cost then you, you can pick out where where your big spends are and, and focus on those as a priority so I but based on let's say we're going to this conversation with procurement um, yeah. I, I love this this feedback that you gave me which is um, and I'll just read it out to you if I may so um, you said that you wanted to get data and you realized uh, I was just another task on their to-do list um, and, and you've talked about the ability to run reports for yourself and so on and so forth. Because just because you've got this new role and it's extremely important to you to go and speak to somebody like procurement or SCCM or whoever, um, it doesn't mean that it's important to them. So how did you how did you overcome that? Did you charm them or what's the what's the advice there? <laughs> Yeah, if you can charm them, go for it. But um, I think what I found is, as you said, although it was a priority for me, other people have got other priorities creeping up all the time. So a couple of times, I at first, I asked people for this data after I'd wasted a few days. In the end, I just said to them, look, I'm going to need this data on an ongoing basis. How can I get access to this? Occasionally, I had a few people saying, oh, you can't have access. Um, you know, this is only, only procurement have got access to this or only finance have got access to this. Um, with support of my senior management team, I did kind of manage to say to them, look, I need this data to, to be able to do my job. In the end, as you said, kind of a bit of charm, bit of sweet talk, and I did manage to get access to these systems. So now, for example, I can, I can run off my own reports. I can see exactly what we're spending on software across the group, and I, I'm not having to trouble anyone for it. I can get the, the reports I need when I do. So I think it's a really good thing. If you can for example, with SCCM, you know, I didn't want to keep challenging the network guys and saying, look, can you run this report off for me? In the end, I said, look, can I have access to this? Can I run off my own reports? At first, they were kind of, oh, you know, 
we don't really want to give you access but they realized that actually enabled enabling me to do my job and it meant that I could just get on with it and not disturb them so the, the more access to things you can get yourself it, it just gives you that independence to be able to get what you want when you need it absolutely so um we, I don't want to talk about the specifics for your company um but let's just let's just say that your top 10 which represents probably 90% of your company's spend probably includes the likes of Adobe and Microsoft and Oracle and IBM or something um what so what what does what does that so you've talked about yeah those are the big guys I need to work out I think you mentioned the fact that you need to work out well when's the renewal for those and I need to get an ELP so I can get my arms around the sort of issues there what have you where are you on that journey and have you sort of have you got a have you got a handle on those do you think now or what's what's the situation okay so we have finished Oracle um, I will be honest with you, we have got a SAM consultant in to help us. So this is another thing, without a tool and because I was a novice to um, software asset management, when we decided to kind of implement software asset management across the group, we, we had various options. We could either outsource it or, or um, you know, have help from one of our resellers. Actually, what we decided to do was for me to do the work and actually have some support from a SAM consultant. So we have got that. We've got somebody helping us out one day a week. He comes in to kind of train me up and, and guide me through stuff. But of course, at least then we retain the skills in-house and at least then once I know how to do things, again, it's, it's kind of empowering me to, to be independent and, and do this stuff ongoing. Um, so that's what we're doing. So we have just finished um, Oracle. We've now got an ELP on that, which has taken a while. Um, and, you know, we, we're in a better place now for that, which is really good. We know where we are. And now this week we've just started Microsoft. So what we've done is dug out the original contracts and I'm just kind of working my way through those at the minute to try and familiarize myself with the terms, the licensing metrics for, for Microsoft. Just to give you some feedback, you have, uh, from a standing start, known nothing about Sam. You've done an awesome job and taken on, you've learned an, an enormous amount, m more than a lot of people have done. So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, so, so outside of the, the top, let's say you've got your top 10, um, which is your focus, understandably, but then you might get some random question or some renewal come up for some weird where, which is clearly not in your top 10, it's right down the scale somewhere. How do you manage those sort of curveballs? It is totally reprioritizing every day. Um, you know, this is not to mention that the people that stop at your desk and say, oh, um, you know, so-and-so left last week. He, he was using a piece of software. I now need it. Um, you know, it, it, the, I guess in a way, that's what I like about the job. Every day is different. Every day brings a new challenge. On the other hand, sometimes you wish you could just kind of stop the world for a few days and just get everything organized and say, right, okay, what was that issue now? I think this is the thing. It's just the constant kind of um, issues that kind of creep up. You know, today, for example, just as I got into the office, somebody mentioned that we've got a, a license issue where we'd bought a license and it's expired at the end of March and nobody had realized and you know this was something as you said this is kind of a priority we only spend a couple of hundred pounds for this vendor per year so they're not on my radar so you know there's a constant challenges um I think procurement are definitely my friend um you know they have got um history of all the purchase orders we've raised now I can we use SAP for um 
invoice for purchasing and procurement um, so I can go into there and then kind of trace what we've used with particular vendors um, but I think the, the, the good thing is as I said access again when when things like this creep up you can go into files and you can find out what we've bought with that vendor previously you should then have the evidence to see when things have expired um, but yeah it's not just the big things it really is the little small things and of course people are wanting software all the time people come up to me and say things like you know oh, I've seen this brilliant little talk and I just download it well, no, you can't. You know, they don't seem to realise that there are implications of just kind of buying software on a credit card and downloading it. If people have got local admin rights, you just have to be really careful. But it's about education. You know, if people know why you're trying to prevent them from doing things, they understand it a bit more. If you just say no, you know, they're just going to do it behind your back anyway. But it's about getting communication out. It's, it's, it's letting people know why we have processes in place for, for how we buy software. So I think that's really important, good communication. So you, uh, what is your uh, reporting line? Are you in, you are in IT separate to procurement, or is uh, how, how does that work? Who, who are you actually reporting into? So I do report into an IT director, not procurement, but we do work very closely with procurement. Um, see, this is another thing as well. When I first started. Um, you know, I had mixed kind of reviews from people saying that this role should either be in procurement or should be in finance. Or I think it's quite good the fact it's in IT rather than procurement. Um, you know, of course, I have to rely heavy on them. But the fact it is in IT, I think I've probably got more visibility of what is actually happening in the IT department and kind of things like IT strategies, where we're going. And I have got that visibility of new projects as well, what, what new projects are coming up and what software we might need. Right, and, and that's the trick, isn't it? As you get your handle on things, it's to actually be proactive and, and um, nip things in the bud before they exist. And I don't think you can do that when you're outside the IT department, can you? No, that's right. Um, you know, we've got processes here for each project. Um, every new kind of initiative, you know, it has to go through various stages, budget approval. Um, and now I've managed to get myself integrated into that. So I've got much more visibility and can actually advise, you know, if you can kind of say, well, actually, this software you say you need for your project, we're already spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds with this vendor. We, we can either get a discount or we might be able to bulk buy licenses or it's just having that visibility and making sure that every purchase is, is done in the most efficient way. Cool. Um, you've... You've been recruited in and, and they've defined a role so that somebody within the business has obviously understood the size of the problem and recruited you in. Um, but yeah. ha have you faced the issue of people not recognising the complexity of what you do and sort of saying, well, it's just a case of counting computers and there isn't much complexity? I mean, have you, have you, you mentioned about communication, but have you had to describe people how complex it is and how have you done that? Yes, I have. Um, you're quite right. The perception is, you know, I just either count computers or, you know, just um, faff around with, <laughs> I don't know what really, but people seem to really underestimate the amount of work and the the kind of importance of having someone looking after software. I mean, as I said, the, the amount of money that most companies spend on software, it's, it's vital that somebody is, is keeping control of this. I think when I started to explain to people what I was actually doing, um, you know, they were quite shocked. A lot of people said, yeah, you know, good luck with that sort of thing. Um, but I think when I started explaining, you know, things like, you know, starters and leavers, we need to be aware of what we're doing. I mean, of course, companies have got processes. We have got processes in place for um, 
when when people join, when people leave, especially. But I think, like everything, nobody seems to see the importance of of getting a laptop back to the right department, so that in effect, you know, licenses can be recycled. Um, everything can be closed down and in terms of retiring as well, I think people just kind of think, oh, it's somebody else's problem. But as soon as you explain to people why and the amount of money, um, I mean, we've got the situation here where our IT budget is, is centralized. So other departments, you know, in effect, it's IT that pay for all the software. So I hear all the time, you know, oh, IT are paying, that's fine, we, we, we need it. And you kind of have to explain to them, you know, it's, it's, it's still on the bottom line somewhere. You may not be paying it, but the company's still paying for it. And I think this kind of relaxed approach to, you know, oh, we, we can have it, we need it. Even though, you know, for example, like a screen capture tool or something like that, users seem to be, you know, I want this specific tool, even though we've got something on our software catalogue that does exactly the same. And when you kind of go back and say, well, is this one not good enough, you know? this kind of sense of entitlement sometimes that you have to kind of explain to people it's the reasons why are, are this and this and you know you can have this free tool already so as soon as you do try and explain to people what you're doing and why and the risks of not doing it they are a bit more helpful but at first as I said you just feel I think they feel like you're just saying no and just putting obstacles in the way where once you kind of explain it's for the, for the good of the organization you know that they are a bit more understanding and what, what do you mean by uh, software catalog? Is that like your preferred asset list of things that are allowed or what, what do you mean by that? Yes, that's right. So we have got a list of software that has been checked by our security department um, and, and users can download that. So what normally happens is if they've put in a, um, a service request for a particular piece of software and it's on the um, application catalogue, we call it, or software catalogue, what normally happens is, you know, their name is put into SCCM and they can download it themselves. Um, but that is a approved list of stuff that we know we're fine to download. Um, but I think people think that, you know, because we have got this and there's some items on there that we're happy for people to download themselves, of course, then they think, oh, brilliant, I can I can go onto the uh, website and get my credit card and, and buy stuff myself, which, of course, is a very different scenario. And what if I have a bona fide uh, business requirement for some software that isn't on that list? Do I come to you for that or how does that work? Yes, so what normally happens is a service request is raised. What we try and do is push everything through there so it's got an audit trail, we've got proper visibility of it. And what happens is if that particular piece of software hasn't been purchased before and isn't on the um, software catalogue, what we can do is just do a quick check of the company, just do a quick check in terms of security, just to make sure there's nothing on that software that's going to, you know, that's harmful or is going to cause any issues. And what we can do is our procurement team can then buy on their credit card. Um, so at least then, you know, it's, it's done properly, it's all controlled. And, you know, the user can have the software, but we just need to go through the due diligence first just to make sure we're not putting anything harmful near, say, you know, in terms of supporting this software going forward, you know, just the kind of impact of it. So um, it's, it's awesome to hear your journey, Charlotte, and thank you for sharing where you, where you, you, the, the, um, the, the journey you've been on. I just just to finish, I just wanted to read this statement um, from that you've shared with me, which is, when I first started, I totally underestimated the time it would take to get information out of people or be granted access to enable me to get the access myself. Um, due to this, I constantly felt I was underachieving or hadn't delivered anything tangible and had awful self-doubt. Um, in reality, I achieved quite a bit. Um, 
and, and you talked about quick wins. I mean, just could you, uh, and you've clearly come out the other side of this, could you just share with someone who's maybe right in the mix of this and they've got their head down in, in the dark bit, what, what would you say to them? Just try not to feel um, that you're not achieving because actually you are, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it's, it's tangible achievements that you can kind of say, I have achieved this. I think the more knowledge you can build up and the more kind of data that you can collect, you'll be in a much better position to make better decisions going forward on, on software purchasing. I think, um, for example, I remember I'd been in the role a few weeks and there was a item, I can't even remember what it was now, coming up for renewal, the, su the support and maintenance renewal was approaching. And um, I went to the people that last had approved the purchase and said to them, okay, you know, do we need this software? It's coming up for, for renewal. And it sounds stupid, but you know, it was only a couple of hundred pounds per license, but two or three people came back to me and said, I no longer use this. And immediately I thought, well, actually I've kind of saved, I think it was like 600 quid or something like that. Not amazing amounts, but I thought, well, had I not been here, we just would have probably automatically renewed that. Um, and that's the thing I find as well. What's so difficult is that like any departments, you know, people, people leave the organization, you, you restructure people in different roles. And that's what I find difficult as well. Sometimes for support and maintenance renewals, for example, you don't actually know who is the right person to go to. So you kind of feel like you're in a game of pinball sometimes, you know, you go to one person, oh, it's not me anymore. You go to the next person, oh, it's not me anymore. You know, the person you need is on leave for two weeks. You know, you just kind of feel constantly frustrated that you can't get the answers you need. And you know, just just hang on in there and you are actually doing more than you probably realise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Charlotte, thank you very much for sharing your journey and uh, I look forward to, uh, well, we talked before the uh, podcast about you potentially coming to the conference, so I hope to see you at the conference. Join us at our annual conferences in London, Florida and Sydney to learn everything you need to know about ITAM in the cloud era. For more details, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events.